Welcome to another episode of Faithfully Podcast, the flagship podcast of Faithfully Magazine, owned and operated by Faithfully Media. In this episode, guest host Shante Griffin speaks with Kevin and Melissa Fredericks, otherwise known as Kev on Stage and Mrs. Kev on Stage, about their book, Marriage Be Hard, 12 Conversations to Keep You Laughing, Loving, and Learning with Your Partner. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Shantae Griffin. I'm a contributor to Faithfully Magazine. And today, y'all, today we have none other than Kev on stage. And this is Kev on stage. How y'all doing? Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm I'm doing well. Less than highly favored. Yay! Or my grandma's real churchy. She's like, I'm blessed and praying for the rest. I was like... (laughs) So they're not blessed. Good old I, I don't saying. know. She said they're so, not, not as blessed for, as me. So I'm going to make sure I pray for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I want to officially introduce you with a little bit more, you know, verb. Um, I'm going to act like I'm y'all hype woman right now. I'm going to tell the folks your government names. You know what I'm, I'm on saying? The so, yes. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you probably already know them, but Kevin Frederick, Fredericks. Okay, let me get it right. Is an NAACP Image Award nominated comedian, the mm-hmm. founder of Kev on Stage Studios, come through, and a social media superstar. Okay, oh. hosting hilarious content rooted in faith and family. Welcome, Kevin. All right, Thank you. Here, here's the crowd. Right there. Okay. <laughs> and you. next to Mr. Fredericks is his lovely wife, Melissa Fredericks. She's a Los Angeles-based influencer dedicated to helping women like me become the best versions of themselves. She's all about self-love, self-acceptance, and she always looks fly on the gram. Okay. <laughs> Together, they are the creators of the Love Our podcast which has been downloaded like millions and millions of times. So they're also, I'm, I'm, y'all got me like running out of breath. I was like, get it all in, get it all in. They are also the writers and the creators of the new book coming out, Marriage Be Hard. Woohoo! And you cheering over that, but I'm a single person. I was like, mm, that don't sound fun. So <laughs> I want to know. What was the first moment when you looked at your spouse and thought marriage be hard? Uh, I'll jump in. I remember the first moment I was playing Madden with a friend of mine in our very small apartment, probably not much bigger than this room. (laughs) And uh, I often played Madden prior to marriage with no incident. Melissa never complained. It never really got into her way like that. Uh, this was probably our first month of marriage, mm-hmm. I imagine, first month. And I'm on my day off playing the game. She comes home after a long day of work and she opens the door and she sees me playing with my homeboy and she stares for a second and then she just closed the door right back and stayed outside. And I was like, hey, man, you got to go. I, I, let's uh, unplug that, unplug that and take this PlayStation with you. Take this PS2 with you. And I'm going to call you in a couple months. Because I don't think she's very, very much happy that I'm playing video games on my day off up until the night. And uh, she wasn't happy. And that was the first time I was like, oh, I can't do the things I used to do as a single man exactly the same way I used to do them. And uh, that was my first moment that I realized marriage be hard. 
That is so funny. Uh, for me, you know, I actually want to say that marriage is beautiful, right? Like when I think about the 18 years we've been married, we have more good than we've had bad. I also recognize that anytime you do any project with someone else, whether you're in third grade and your teacher assigns a group project, my I remember my youngest son was assigned a group project and he was like, first of all, the girls talk and the boys goof off. So no work <laughs> is getting done. And I was literally like, I don't know if you're being sexist or if this is just the reality of your situation. Right, right. <laughs> but like this was his truth, you know, and I'm like, of course, any project that you do in life with someone else that has differing views than you is going to be hard. And marriage is just a project. Yeah, it's just a project That's of good. life. It is the coming together of two people merging their life, their values, their morals, the raising of the kids, all of these things together. And sometimes that is going to get difficult. And I think that's the reality of a lot of situations and marriage isn't something that's unique in that way. So for me, I don't really think I realized marriage was hard really until quarantine when I'm realizing, oh wait, we're different. <laughs> we think about a lot of things really, really different. Yeah. And then the second part of that is recognizing, oh, that's okay. We just have to work through those differences, yes. but it's okay that it's hard sometimes. It's okay that we disagree sometimes. It's okay that it's, you know, we're not always on the same page. It, that's okay. Yes. Melissa, you are giving me teacher vibes right now. Breaking <laughs> yes, down what marriage is, okay? <laughs> but my teachers never dress like that. <laughs> but I want to know if you were to compare marriage to something, uh -huh. what would you compare it to? Marriage is like... Marriage we thought was like driving a Tesla on automatic. And it's more like driving an old stick shift uphill in the rain. And you're just learning how to drive. It's going to take a lot of concentration and, and preparation. And eventually you're going to get there, but it ain't smooth sailing. It ain't easy like it looks. So I'm wondering what made you decide to write this book? I'm going to hold it up one more time for the people. <laughs> I mean, I think we wrote this book because it's the book we wish we had when for we sure. first got married. Um, a lot of people around us were, you know, Marriage is great. Marriage is easy. It's fun. It's fantastic. We never have any issues. And we were like, oh, cool. But wait, wait, why do we feel like we have some issues? Why are we, you know, what's going on with us? Are right. we different? And then we found them same people saying that we're getting divorced. So we we're like, wait, what's, where's the disconnect? And we found out it was the common thing to just say things were okay because you didn't want to talk bad about your marriage. And there was no one wanting to admit the tough stuff. Uh, so we all thought everybody was doing well. And Melissa and I felt alienated because we we're, you know, going through some struggles. Like I'm thinking no one else having trouble playing video games when you used to. And now your wife is tripping. <laughs> yeah. And we found that doing the podcast, I love our podcast for three years. We found that a lot of times just realizing you're not alone in a situation. Goes a long it way. goes a long way. Even if you're, you're unable to change your circumstance, you know, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one dealing with this. Uh, and there's a way out. So that's kind of why we wrote this book is we wanted people to see themselves in our marriage. So we opened up our flaws to the world. And also we are still happily married, even with that stuff. So we also wanted people to know that you can go through that stuff and you can come through on the other side and you can have a lot of fun. And here's how you work through that stuff. Yeah. Okay. It is much needed. I think yeah. especially for the church and particularly for the black church. 
right? Mm -hmm. Which is where we do a lot of God can, God will, but practically how, how can God, <laughs> practically, practically how will God, this right? This book is the practical. Right? So I'm yeah. going to read a quote. Um, Kevin, you wrote this. You talk about the first time you and Melissa had sex on your wedding night and you wrote, I thought this is what guilt-free, no condemnation. I don't care if she gets pregnant. I would be ecstatic to have kids with her sex feels like it was cage-free, organic, non-GMO, no MSG, whole foods, sex. <laughs> wow. I, you wrote that? I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> I'd be a wild boy sometimes. Cage-free, mm -hmm. organic, non-GMO sex. Yes, I did write that. Okay, so the question is this. <laughs> what is the number one thing you wish the church or your parents had taught you about sex that you had to find out on your own? Huh. Um, I'm trying to think of something. I think Melissa has a good answer for this. Um, but I thought, I, I think for me, it'll be somehow you think that being celibate or waiting, cause we waited to have sex until marriage. Somehow you think that as soon as you're married, you'll automatically know what to do. And it's not that mm -hmm. you're still going to have to learn each other and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Somehow getting married always seemed like, I mean, not only the prize, it's just like you unlock this fantasy and the marriage bed is undefiled. So I'm expecting automatic hanging from the chandeliers and some candle wax and, and some candle chains. Chains? You know, break every chain. I'm expecting all that. Not Tasha Cobb. That first day. And now, I, what you mean I got to work at this too? No, y'all promised me that, but <sighs> easy. And there's a lot more that goes into it than just actually saying I do. So... I feel like I wish if that were communicated a little more clearly, I'd have been better prepared for what learning another person's body likes and dislikes was, would have been like. Yeah. I, I'm just going to quickly piggyback. I wish that the church presented a better balance of sex, meaning it wasn't so heavily an over-indexed on um uh, the negative part of sex, meaning you need to wait, you need to da da da. I think there needs to be a healthy balance where we also celebrate and talk about the yeah. beauty that is sex because if God designed it and he said it was good, guess what? It's good. Mm -hmm. So when we don't talk about that and then you get married and now you're supposed to be jumping from the or flying from the chandeliers, <laughs> flying from the chandeliers and throwing wax on each other. All and of a chains, sudden, and, and chains and, and singing Tasha Cobb, all of a sudden you looking like, well, wait a minute now. Hold on a second. I wasn't prepared for that. Nobody told me that I had to do this. I don't know about this part. So I just wish that there was a better, you know, a healthy balance of having a healthy relationship with sex that you can sustain and also preach, you know, abstinence and all of those things. But you can still celebrate the beauty that is sex. And Shantae, I'm going to say this, girl. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, girl, listen, we need to get comfortable with our bodies, okay? Like, you can't go into a marriage and expect, you know, to reach the promised land. And you don't know how to, you don't exactly understand the inner workings of your own body. So, like, I'm just saying we need to do a better job about that, too. Like, celebrating our own body, embracing our own body that God said was good, understanding the inner workings of it um in a way that we can clearly communicate so this is how i reach jesus 
<laughs> well, you know what? Now that I know there are two promised lands. Promised land. <laughs> yes, now I know there are two promised lands that I'm asking the Lord ah, for. What you said <laughs> I, I actually am a part of a group that's called Pure Women, and we talk about holistic purity and sexual health. What does I it mean to be sensual women? What does yes. it mean? You know, when was the last time you went to the doctor? Come Do you on. understand your, your cycles, right? Listen to me. I did a whole entire series on the Love Hour podcast where we talked about uh, the anatomy of women, our periods, mm -hmm. the clitoris, the vagina, like all of it. You would not believe the number of emails and DMs that I received from mothers that were like, thank you so much. I'm now going to have this conversation with my daughter. I'm going to show her this so she understands her body. From women in their 50s and 60s, thank you. I was too embarrassed. I've never had this conversation. I've never looked at myself. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That The fact that, again, God created this body, called it good, and we don't we we don't know how it works i'm so confused i just be really really confused when you go to a doctor they give you a pap smear you have a husband he be doing everything he be doing but we're unfamiliar and uncomfortable with our own bodies y'all that's broken it don't make sense and so i just be having questions that's all i just want to pose the question if it makes sense to you you know go with god crispy it don't be making sense to me so i just be having questions okay oh melissa has questions <laughs> One of the things that really stood out to me was how deep each of you went into your own internal worlds, first with yourself and then with your spouse and then finally with the readers. So I'm wondering, what did it take for you to become so self-aware to acknowledge your fears and your insecurities in your relationship and how those were showing up? Um, go ahead, babe. So I was going to say therapy. I was, well, honestly, <laughs> before therapy, I would say doing the Love Hour podcast. Oh, for sure. We did the Love Hour podcast. We and were the first students. We were the first students. And we would like, you know, if you if you were an avid watcher or listener of the podcast, there was all type of aha moments for us. Because Melissa would find the, you know, the experts on every subject or someone who would challenge our thoughts. So we kind of went there first and then therapy was probably the second thing. Melissa and I both go to therapy individually and we go to couples therapy as well. And uh, at least for myself, I won't speak for her, but I found out that um, going to therapy just for me makes me a better husband overall, right? And I don't necessarily go to therapy to become a better husband. I go to understand myself, become a better person, but becoming a better person makes me, if I'm doing the work, a better husband for Melissa. And I found the ways that, say, childhood trauma affects me as a husband. I'll give you a quick example. I don't want to belabor the point, amen, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I didn't have a great relationship with my, my birth father as a child. So as a kid, I promised myself I'm going to be the best dad ever for my sons. I will never let them feel how I feel in this moment. So I wanted to be a great father and i am one of the world's best top three they've got a magazine article coming out in best fathers and gardens magazine is that and I, think, I think it's like obama will smith me or one of those i don't remember how we were ranked but i'm top three and i realized that sometimes without realizing it in order to be a good father i would i would exclude melissa in certain activities subconsciously to make myself 
have those memories with my sons. So for example, Melissa and I talked about getting our kid, uh, our son a PS4, I believe, mm -hmm. PS4 when it was coming out. And we talked about both doing that. And somehow in my mind, I just got the unction one day and I got it for him. And I surprised him with it while she was still at work. I got off of work early that day, sent her the video. And she was like, why would you do this before I got home? And I was like, oh, I don't, I, I just, I, 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 the memories. And it wasn't until therapy years later that I realized, oh, this is why you do that. And being a good father wasn't problematic, but the way I was going about it was almost alienating Melissa or robbing her of some of those memories. So I think that's just one example of many different ways that personal therapy ended up making me a better person and therefore a better husband that I, I don't think I would have found that in couples therapy. I would have been more defensive and all that type of stuff if I didn't understand where that was coming from. Mm -hmm. That was a little bit longer than I thought, but I, I, hope, to, I hope some people found value in that. That's good. I, I think people will find single and married people will find so much value in this book because it's hilarious and it's also insightful. And I think you two do something that most or a lot of Christian books don't do. And that's to keep it real, real, like raw, real. Like sometimes I was like, did he just, did he just say that? Yeah. He went exactly where he wasn't supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it so helpful right. and relatable. Right. Because this is a real walk. This is a real marriage. Like yeah. there's there's dryness on your way to the promised land. Like it's desert. Hey. You got to be getting manna, trying to get water from rocks. It's rough out there, you know. You say for real. You be knowing the Bible, girl. You know, Church of God in Christ, you cannot join okay. and you got to be born in. All right. So the readers want to know, how do you decide what to keep private versus what to make public about your relationship? Great question. Um, I think that this is something that we are learning. And I mean that in the ING form, meaning that it is active. Uh, we recognize that part of our platform and something that I think is actually really important and what I want to do is help people and be very transparent and honest about some of the struggles that we've gone through. I also realize that you can help people and not tell everybody your business. And there's some things that you do have to keep sacred and there's some things you do have to keep private. And Finding that balance is something that we are learning. So I don't want to come on here and be like, I have the answer. These are the, th these, these do these three things when it's something I'm actively learning. Um, but the thing about social media too, child, I think a lot of times we use it as an open diary and we can get on and all of a sudden you are, you know, uh, vomiting at the mouth words that you probably should have said in therapy. Um, and because this is your first time having the outlet, you're just kind of saying it all. So just finding again, the balance and making sure you do have a healthy outlet to get some of that stuff out. So when you're talking on social media or so sharing on social media, it's not the first time where you feel like now you're getting it all out. That would probably be one of the things I would suggest. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Melissa. I think we don't have it all the way together. One thing we know for sure though, and this was, listen, a lot of our lessons come from mistakes. 100%. We never share anything on social media that we haven't privately discussed and come to a consensus about. The other thing about the Love Our Podcast, there was often times where we would just be, me especially, I would say we to feel less alone. Sure, but, sure, but I would blurt out stuff and then it'd be like, 
we didn't really talk about that. So we had to learn, ain't nothing should the audience be hearing that our spouse has not heard already. Right. We're all hearing it together for the first time. Yeah, not something about our marriage. Funny joke, the video we saw, that's fine. But a way you feel about me or how this made you feel, no, nah, we got to take that in the house first. Melissa, a lot of the women wanted to know how you worked through mom guilt as your star is on the rise now and you've become an influencer. So how have you managed that? Uh, it is one of the hardest things I find is um, not only mom guilt, I know we often talk about it, but also like wanting to also show up as a good wife as well and wanting to show up as, you know, the influencer or as what Melissa wants to do. At the end of the day, I'm only one person and I only have one set of 24 hours. I'm trying to get into the club where Beyonce has like, I think she's given like 30 hours in a day. I'm not quite sure what the fee is, you know, the entry fee of that, if there's like an annual fee, a test. I, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I, I, I'm looking forward to the moment where I have 30 hours like Beyonce. Um, but right now with my 24, it is a constant struggle. And so what we try, what I try to do is whatever I'm doing, doing whatever's in front of me, put my best foot forward in that. So mm -hmm. if I'm deciding uh, the other day, my son wanted to play um, phase 10 and I had work to do, listen to me. <laughs> I'm behind today because we played phase 10 with him for probably an hour and a half, mm -hmm. but deciding to put that stuff away and show up fully in that moment as mom works for him. It's the best thing I can do for him, creating a memory for him and putting everything else aside. I think oftentimes I'm like, okay, I want to do the mom thing. I want to do the wife thing. I also want to do the influencer thing. And so you have this one moment where you're divided three ways. You're not really doing nothing. You're not showing up for anyone. You're not really giving nothing. Do one thing, focus on the one thing and show up in that as best you can. Give it your honest, full effort and then move on to the best. Yes. You're going to be juggling a lot of balls. The reality is you're going to drop some of them. Give yourself <laughs> grace to be human. Oh. And it'll That's be okay. a sermon. I could preach. It'll uh, be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. Final question. What is the biggest blessing of being married? I know mine. Say it, Kev. Uh, for me, having a person who I enjoy their company, whom I trust, and this is a very specific thing. Melissa and I have 20 plus years of inside jokes that we can look at each other and know something that dates back to August of 1999, September 2002. That's the thing that I love the most. It's like, oh, remember, she'd be like, yes. And I'll be thinking that and she will be thinking the same thing. That to me is the most beautiful thing, especially as we've, as a society, moved more into social media as the first primary part of our relationship. Having like physical connection, I don't even mean sex, I mean like physically, I can touch you, I remember this thing about you, and being able to disconnect from that part of the world and enjoy somebody's personality and, and uh, presence is one of the best parts of marriage. You know, we just have a good time together. We've been having a good time together for a lot of years. And I think fondly upon so many of the things that we've done for fun. And they're not even all great things, like especially when we didn't have that much money and our vacation was going from Tacoma to Portland because in the mall in Portland, you didn't have no sales tax. We didn't have no money with, with the sales tax. I was going. about to say, we spent all the money that we saved in sales tax getting to Portland. <laughs> we would just go down there to the mall and be like, ooh, man, we ain't got no sales tax. If we had money, we probably could get this. Right. 
this is nice. And then we just drive back to Washington. But, you know, I just enjoy all those memories and moments and inside jokes. Yeah, I would say that for me, it is being 15, 16 years old, having a vision for your life. And again, we're, the project is life when you're married and realizing when he was 15 or 16, he had a different vision and coming together and we've created this new life that at 15 or 16, I never could have imagined, never would have imagined, I think is beautiful because you can get, um, uh, you can typecast yourself, so to speak, like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. And there's no flexibility. And I think marriage allows you to think different and bigger than probably you would have even imagined for yourself. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here sitting with you had it not been me being married to him. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. I want to say that about somebody one time. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to thank y'all so much. Everybody pick up Marriage Be Hard by Kevin and Melissa Fredericks. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. thank you so much, Shantae. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Faithfully Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you'd like to join Faithfully Magazine in its mission to keep Christian media diverse, consider becoming a Faithfully Magazine partner subscriber. Partner subscribers enjoy full access to our exclusive content and much more. Just head to faithfullymagazine.com and click subscribe.